0: Welcome back to She is Becoming. We are a podcast of multi-generational women studying God's Word together, dedicated to being transformed by the renewing of our minds. You can find our episodes on doctrine, church history, culture, testimonies, and more on whatever podcast platform you typically use and on the Minnesota Grace Church app and website. Make sure you follow our podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you can receive notifications when we post a new episode, which is every other Monday. And make sure that you are following us on Instagram at SheIsBecomingPodcast so you can catch additional episode resources and engage with us. Well, I am your co-host Delaney, and I am here in the studio with my co-host Beth. Good morning, Delaney. Yeah, we have an exciting episode today because coming up, like, not in a few weeks, actually by the time everyone yes. listens to this, yes. is our Grace Church Women's Ministry Annual Women's Conference. It's back February second and third of two thousand twenty-four. This year's theme is I'm so excited, Ecclesia. Yeah, I, did I say it right? You did. Okay, thank you. Because mm-hmm. I kept saying, like, ecclesia, and my mom was like, girl, mm-hmm. you got to stop. It's not ecclesia, ecclesia. So I've been practicing. Um, our theme for this year is ecclesia, which means it's called out. Ecclesia is the Greek word for church, meaning a called out assembly. And we are called out by Christ to love the church. But what does this look like for us? Um, and so we want you to come together because you're going to be able to gather with women of all ages for a weekend to learn more about the this topic, a weekend of uplifting worship, encouraging messages, authentic community, and together we will be challenged and inspired to love our church and carry out Christ's mission to build his church. So we hope to see you there. Bev and I are going to be there. We have a table every year. Um, we're going to be doing a
1: breakout session this um, this gather, so it's it's going to be pretty amazing. We're excited. Amazing, we're excited. and I love this topic because I see some people not valuing Mm -hmm. the church. Lots of down of the church. A lot, Mm -hmm. a lot. So, well, I'm really excited today, and so is Delaney. We have a special guest with us today. We have Regina, the famous Regina. Regina Gibson. (laughs) Regina from last year, who could Memorize scripture in such an amazing way. So many were inspired to do likewise. So today we're giving you a sneak peek into this year's Gather Conference because our guest today is one of our Gather speakers. Regina Gibson spends her days dating Chris, her husband of 16 years. Love that. Mm-hmm. She's often found in the kitchen baking something, teaching a slew of subjects to her five lively children. What a sweet way to put that. And she Schools. She spends a lot of time pouring over God's word. You really see in her life a love for God's word. She enjoys copious amounts of time tucked away in the garden, and coffee is usually involved with that. Of course, when <laughs> when would it not be? Exactly. We've got a. We had a few cups this morning ourselves, didn't we, Delaney? Oh yeah. The doors mm-hmm. of their home are open, wide, often, as the family enjoys showing hospitality as well. You can find Regina on Instagram at smiles underscore of underscore grace. Weekly, she's on there for encouragement and a bit of inspiration. So, Regina, we always like to start our time with a signature question, and our signature question is this. What has the Lord been teaching you lately in your personal quiet time with him?
2: Wow, what an honor. It is to be with all of you ladies on this format, and I absolutely love that question because the time we spend with the Lord is some of the most formative for us, spiritually speaking, right? And I've been blessed as of late as I've been studying and memorizing the book of Hebrews over the course of this year. I have been ignited with a fresh passion for everything about who Jesus is. Of course, when I started uh, studying the book of Hebrews, I didn't even think about the gather topic, but the topic in Hebrews talks about how Jesus is better than everything. He's the better, better than the angels, the better high priest that he is greater than Moses. Basically, He's our all-in-all, and I find it to be so fascinating that the Lord led me uh, to study this and memorize this throughout this year as he is the head of the body, right? He is the head of the church. So I've just been compelled to fall more and more in love with him, and there's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 2. In verse one, it might be familiar to many of you. And it says, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. And I just feel that the pool these days, as the world grows darker, I feel the pool through the word to tether myself to the truth. So that I'm not adrift, so that I'm not worldly minded. And so that every single thing I do in my life as a wife, to Chris, as a mom, to the five precious souls that I get to shepherd, uh, that I can do the things that the Lord has called me to do during this time on earth and not just away from him, because he is the one who is preeminent and above every single thing, better than every single thing that we would, you know, focus our attention and set our minds on. So that's really what he's been teaching me is that he is above and over and in all things.
1: I love the book of Hebrews, and you really summed it up so beautifully what Hebrews is all about. It really um, just solely glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ, and it Everything else is so much less. So thank you for that great summary of that book. Yeah. And when we focus
0: and we're like, I love Christ, the more and more we love Christ, the more and more we'll just automatically love his church. And so I love that that's that's also been your focus too, (laughs) even though it maybe wasn't like on purpose for preparing for gather, like you said, but like you're falling more in love with Jesus. And that helps you as you're talking and preparing
1: to talk about his church and helps you love his church more. So I Absolutely. love that. It also gives you a discernment when you don't hear Jesus preeminent. It gives you discernment to know what is really of Christ and what is not. Mm,
0: that's a good point. That's right. So Regina, tell us a little bit about your call to teach at Gather and why you said yes.
2: Absolutely. It was an easy yes. Oh my goodness. You women are so easy to love. But one of the things that I love about the body of Christ is that each part is chosen to do a particular thing. Not every part is a mouth. Not every part is an eye. Not every part of the body is called or gifted in the same way. And that's fascinating. Because the scripture teaches that the body of Christ is moving and functioning and doing and accomplishing something in this world, right? I know that the Lord is calling us to do his will and to further his kingdom and to further his desires and to further everything that Jesus is in this world. And the way that he has gifted me is to teach. And the scripture says that the one who speaks is to do so with the utterances of God. And to speak in a compelling way to build up the body of Christ. And the Lord's timing is everything. And last year when I was with you ladies, it felt like a real full circle moment. When I was younger in my faith, I I worked in ministry and I had many opportunities to speak and teach. And when I became a young mom, it was so clear to me that the Lord was calling me to be home. And while I still spoke and taught, occasionally it was the rarity. And as I've gotten a little bit older and a little bit older, the Lord has opened the door that where I can speak to churches and groups of women and things like this in the season of life. And I feel very grateful and humbled that the Lord quieted me during my early years of motherhood, because there's wisdom gained in walking quietly with Jesus when no one is watching and no one knows how much you love him and no one knows how you're serving him and how you're seeking him and how you're pouring into your family. So when the Lord brought this kind of opportunity to my doorstep once again to put this particular gifting to such beautiful purpose and into full use, I really couldn't resist. Mm-hmm. There is a verse in Jeremiah chapter 20. And you, you know Jeremiah. He had it hard, right? So oh, he's yeah. not even you wouldn't this sign up con- for that. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. So when he says this, he's not saying it even in the context of, I'm so excited I get to speak with these people. These people loathed him. He was known as the weeping prophet. But he says this, and I resonate with it. He says, I say, I will not mention him or speak more in his name. There is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I'm weary with holding it in, and I cannot. And that is how I feel about God's word. So when I have this opportunity to share it with other people, how can I not? Uh, There's another quote, and last one I'll share on this note, that of a runner, and he just says, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. And when I said that, I immediately thought that is exactly how I feel when I teach that there's just a sense that God has called me to this thing. And how could I say no? Oh,
1: Regina, that's so beautiful. That was Eric Little's quote. I just, I love that. The pleasure, yes. The I feel his pleasure when I run. And so mm-hmm. when we are using our giftedness and, and following in his will, there is such joy in that. And you know what I really want to thank you for in that sharing is thank you that you've said this to young women um, there's a lot of young women that listen to this podcast and sometimes they feel like they're kind of in nowheresville, home all day with young children. And Mm -hmm. I appreciate you putting the value on it that it really is. Mm -hmm. And
0: it seems like in each season, like God has prepared you for the next season. Like you learned how to teach and now you're teaching your children. And now that they're (laughs) a little bit older, like life has shifted and that season looks different. And so now the Lord has brought back opportunities for you to go teach the, the word in a different way, but it's not like you ever stopped teaching either. It just looked different, which I also really love. Cause I feel like sometimes we can think of, okay, I'm missing opportunities, but no, 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 no. This,
1: this is my number one your call. Assignment. What's yeah. your assignment today? Right. right. Today. Yeah, and that does change over time, especially mm-hmm. in women's lives. Oh, for sure. So I just love how you brought
0: that up, and just the the quietness of, you know, mm-hmm. those uh, those moments in your nursery when you're rocking your baby alone are just
1: oh, stop it! Such I want, sweet. I want, <laughs> yeah. We want another baby.
0: <laughs> I know. Oh, are <laughs> just sweet and like oh, so sweet. Yeah, and the Lord just speaks Precious. so loudly in those quiet yeah. moments. So thank you for bringing that up.
1: Well, let's move um, on to a, the next question we'd love to hear from you uh, about is why are you passionate about Christ's church?
2: You know I love Christ Church and there are so many reasons that I'm passionate about it but um, I would say it is the work uh, that Jesus came to accomplish while on this earth think about what He came for. He came to save us and to bring us into His kingdom and to begin something, to begin something beautiful and to start His church. And I think that we should be passionate about the work that Christ was passionate about while He was on this earth. He was intent on bringing many sons from darkness into His marvelous light making people who were not a people, right, from first Peter, the people of God. Um, And he makes us a holy nation, the scripture says, and I'm passionate about it because this is the work that God has called us to. I remember uh, when I was a little girl, I did not have a family that was involved with the church. And at the time, they were very lost in in, um, a season of complete and utter brokenness, just like anyone who does not know Christ would be. And it was in that context that the Lord pursued me. And I feel like this is really what taught me what the church is like the most in my entire life, because what ended up happening Our neighbors, just neighbors that lived across the street, invited me to church, and as a little girl, they took me and allowed me to um, hear the gospel and to be a part of the people of God. And while I didn't come to know Christ, when I, I would have been like four or five at that time, I didn't come to know Christ then, it set the foundation. Then fast forward, I kept going to church with him all this time. And then when I was around nine years of age, I was riding home on the school bus, and a little girl was brave enough to tell me that she had come to know Jesus and that I could have a relationship with him. Oh, no my one Jesus. had ever, Nine years yes, old. I, oh. Nine years old, yes. And it, it's amazing. It, it, every time I tell the story, I'm like, Lord, I cannot believe you chose to work like this in my life. It's so kind. It's so Intentional. It's so unmistakably Jesus. In any way, that little girl at family ended up basically adopting me. They took me to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They discipled me in the Lord in a way, and uh, my family that I dearly love could not at that time. And it has been the thing that formed my thinking about the church the most. That it is family um and i'm passionate about that because there, in this world there's just a sense of, of loneliness and um, just being all by yourself without that yes advice, without that
1: today.
2: exactly being all around you i'm passionate about people experiencing what Jesus came to start knowing what it really could be like and in its most beautiful form, you know, the church is in a perfect place. And what I'm sure we'll talk about that later and all of that, but it is, one of the works that Jesus came to the earth to do, you know, Jesus said, "My food is to do the will of the one who sent me." Right, and so that was part of God's will was to start this body that would be set apart, just like Jesus uh, in the Old Testament. God sets apart the people of Israel, right, and and here in the in this New Testament age, He is set apart and called out his church. The people of God, Israel, the church, we're all called out, right? We are to be a light. And I just think there's a lot to be excited about when you step back and you look at what Jesus has done and what he has called you to be a part of.
0: Right, and, and I also love that you're bringing up Jesus with this because Jesus also knew that the church is what we needed. Like that's why it part. That's why it was designed too. It's because we need to be around a community of believers. And it sounds like for you in your own life, like the church was almost like a safe haven for for you, like <laughs> mm-hmm. and a, a a place where you had you know a, a second family and a home and a nursery to right. grow her faith. Right. Right. And. Right. And so I love that, like, this is all the, the God's, Jesus, like, the intention of the church is, is all of those things, this home, this place where we're not lonely, this place, like, th- this is our family, this safe haven from, you know, things that come up and for the weary and for the hurting, like, this is what the church is for. Yeah.
2: Exactly,
0: exactly. So, Regina, why do you think that this topic is especially relevant for the church today?
2: Yes, why is it relevant? That's a good question. I think one reason is that We live in an age where church attendance is really low, right? Mm -hmm. And Where people are losing their ability to understand that this is where we grow, and this is where we grow deep roots in Christ. And I think it's important to lift high what the Lord, again, has started and inaugurated. He is always building his body. And his body needs to hear how important the work that we do in the Lord actually is. You know, church isn't um, optional, right? Mm. And This topic is so relevant because this is exactly what people need. People need a word from Christ. People need food for their soul. They need to know that this life is not all that there is, that the, the worries and the trials and the pulls of this life are not the preeminent thing. And I feel like the church needs to hear how relevant she is because mm. it can see the light. You know, we're not doing that great, you know, and, you know, the statistics might show that, you know, things are dropping off or we're struggling right now in this way or that, or the affront, the assault against truth is so great. Are we going to be able to stand against that? Can we speak to that in a relevant way? Which, Honestly, you, your church, Grace, knows that it can, the world can be spoken to in a relevant way because God gave you Troy Dogs. Yes. And I've never met a pastor who was able to speak with such relevancy uh, to culture, I don't think. Mm. So there's that. But I think it's important for the people of God to hear how important and central the work that the church does is to Christ kingdom I feel like when you hear the truth of how valuable it is and how central you are to it it compels you to dig in even when it's hard even when it doesn't feel perfect you know what I mean and do the things that God has called me to do I hope that makes sense. Why do you think
0: Regina there is like this I, I kind of sense this trend towards church in America. I don't know if you do, but like there's this negativity towards the church mm-hmm. or this, um, right. where do you Skepticism. think, yeah, like where mm-hmm. do you think maybe like some of the roots of that come from?
2: That's a great question. I think uh, the roots of some of the negativity are seed sown by the enemy, to be honest with you. I feel like it's a direct, I feel like because, Spiritual warfare is a real thing, and the kingdom of darkness hates the kingdom of light. I feel like always, you know how in Colossians 2, 8, it says, a see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deception by traditions taught by men rather than Christ. So, like, see to it that you're not captive to anything other than Christ. I feel like negativity and um Disdaining Christ Church is a spiritual attack, and I, I think one way that we combat that, if if we wanted to explore that, is by prayer and by the Christ follower believing the truth. And unbelievers never going to believe the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, n- not without coming to faith, and not without the Spirit's intervention. And um, there's always hope for them to be saved, but it's on the believer. To do God's word and to go against the grain of the lies that the enemy sees and culture. Yeah.
0: Do you think? Yeah, yeah. And I love, I love that you brought that up too, because Satan knows how powerful the church is, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that brings us right into um, our passage for gather our theme verse, which is Matthew sixteen eighteen, and I just want to read it because. This is just one of my favorite scriptures. It's so good. Absolutely. It says, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So could you just walk
2: us through
0: that
2: that passage? Yes. So this is a fascinating text that even chatted with my husband on this text. He is a student of scripture, too. And I did not realize, so when I when I went to the Greek words, because I always find that to be, Interesting, right? When we just delve a little bit into the original language, when it because basically it would read, I tell you, uh, tell you, you are Petros, and on this Petra, right, changes it the feminine to an A ending, and um, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so it's like, I wonder, you know, you hear Peter, it's the rock, so of course. Peter Petros means little rock. I didn't realize that Petra meant a large rock formation. Mm-hmm. And I think basically what the Lord is, is saying to him is, You are Peter. You are one little, little rock. And very central to this whole equation, right? Because Peter goes on and leads uh, the church in so many ways and is empowered by the Spirit to do so. But Additionally, elsewhere in Scripture, right, it says that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Now, we know the Scripture isn't saying that the church is built on the people themselves, that it's built on the doctrine they teach. It's built on the gospel they preach, right? So he's saying to them, it's it's not just you, Peter, but it's all of you apostles, all of you disciples that are here, you are going to be the foundation to to set down the foundation of truth of the gospel and I'm going to build on it and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it so whenever you are seeking to interpret a passage of scripture we know this it is always a good idea to look at other portions of the text right scripture interprets scripture so interestingly this week, this is, I, I'm not exaggerating this. In my time with the Lord, I have been studying, um, like I said, in the, in memorizing in the book of Hebrews. And so I found myself, I, and what I do is I go through it again and again and again. So I've read, I've read chapter three uh, a lot of times this year. So, but I found myself back in chapter three and it says, therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus. The apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him. Just as Moses also is faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, just as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone that the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later, that Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. So there, there is two things. You see that Moses is greater than Jesus, right? Moses was faithful as a servant. Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And then it goes on to the house. We are his house. If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. Now go with me. We're going to circle back uh, to the passage at hand for sure. But this clearly is talking about how Moses is faithful, how Jesus is faithful, how we are God's house. And then you, if, if you flip to elsewhere in Scripture, you know that Scripture is often referred to as a house, as a structure that's being built and joined together. And we know that Christ Jesus himself is the cornerstone. So with all of that in mind, the primary reason that the gates of hell cannot prevail is because they cannot prevail against the Lord. They cannot prevail against Christ and the rock that the church is built on. Now, this was interesting to me. MacArthur commented commented um, that the gates, you know, are obviously not a weapon of, that like, you're not going to fight and puncture somebody with with a gate. Gates are to hold something in, to hold something back. And I was pondering this and thought, you know, the gates of hell have no power to hold those who are being transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son. The condition of death that we are found in before we come to Christ is by no means permanent. So the Lord call us out. And if he calls us out, we will be sealed by the Spirit unto the day of redemption. So whether the enemy comes at the church with uh, martyrdom, or the spiritual goodness of an unbeliever, no matter how it comes against us, it cannot prevail. Christ reigns and rules supreme over the powers and principalities. And we can go into so many other scriptures, I have so many thoughts, but the gates of hell are rendered as nothing before the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because whomever he calls, he is able to effectually save. And I think that is a marvelous, wonderful thing.
1: And, you know, without that proper view of Christ, who he is, and what his power is, and how he reigns over the church— you're, right. you're not going to appreciate the church. Um, you're going to be looking at it for what's in it for me. I I didn't get this or I, di- I felt this way. And it's all about the individual where right. this, the church is about Christ. And when you diminish him, you're not going to have the same passion for the church. It's going to be about you. Mm. Right. Exactly. But I think we really need this understanding of the power of Christ, and um, the things that come against, against us will not prevail when we are His. Oh, do we love this message? Thank you, you so much. That gets much. you
0: fired up, too. Doesn't that it? puts a
1: little fire in my
0: belly. I'm like, ooh, the gates of hell will not prevail. Okay. <laughs> Love that.
1: Love that. Well, let's move along here. Do you have any tips for us on how you memorize scripture? I think that was my one of my highlights last year at Gather was witnessing your your passion for the word and your um, ability to memorize it. And, you know, we all want to do that. So could you just give us some tips on how you do it? And um, what could we start implementing right away in our life?
2: Absolutely. Well, I cannot uh, get into this without telling you the little backstory. And I'm sure uh, some of you may remember, but the way my scripture memorization journey began is actually with your pastor's wife. When I was 18 years old, she challenged me to memorize the book of Philippians. And I (laughs) was so compelled by her love for the word that I set about the next year doing just that and it changed my life completely as you can imagine all scriptures god breathed right it set my soul on literal fire and i have never stopped memorizing that way since and when i say all scriptures god breathed i mean he he breathed life into my mind that was worried. he breathed uh you know peace over my heart that was fearful he All Every single thing that I would have need of, God's word is sufficient for. I don't know that we understand that or believe that. I feel like more people would be compelled to memorize if they understood all the benefits of Jesus and of pressing into knowing all that he is. I cannot even begin to scratch the surface in these few minutes of all the benefits and all the treasure gained from simply memorizing with him in a relationship with him. So if you are wanting to introduce the spiritual discipline in your life, because remember, bodily discipline is of a little value, but discipline for the purpose of godliness is value for all things for the present life is also for the life to come. So if you want to discipline yourself with this gift of memorizing, I would say start small. And here's the wonderful and beautiful thing I only memorize small, and that's how I memorized all of these passages of scripture. It's never been that I sat down one month and was like, I'm going to memorize all of this chapter, you know, of Philippians 1. It was always one verse a week, study faithful, memorizing, and I would start with one verse a week, and then when you're about halfway through, you'll know, you'll feel it, you'll be like, I, I don't know that I have that quite smoothly, when you're, usually for me, it's about halfway through, I take a week and just review, sometimes I'll take a week and pause, because the goal, remember the goal is not the knowledge, knowledge only puffs steps. What you are after when you're memorizing is to actually be be transformed and compelled by the word of God to do it and to do it not for the sake of anything other than bringing glory and honor to Jesus. So, if that's the goal, then we can pause and we can meditate on that scripture. We can pray about that scripture. And I do that a couple of weeks um, as I'm moving through a passage, about halfway through, I'll stop and I'll. I'll go over it again and get it smooth and over those verses and then, you know, meditate on it, maybe pray through it. I often, I, I memorize with my kids. So ever since I had children, I've memorized one verse a week with them. And if you know children, those sponges, so that's easy for them, <laughs> by and large. And I love it because when we're reviewing, we talk about it. And it lends itself to study because you know the context. You know what's before. You know it's after. You know what the whole thing is about. And uh, my kids and I are in Ephesians four. So one of my goals was to memorize the book of the Bible alongside of them, and it's been it, it's been interesting because my kids are all different ages. My older two have all four chapters memorized. My younger two, and um, the Ethan has, I want to say chapters three and four memorized and then my youngest daughter has chapter um, four memorized so they just basically picked up wherever we were and began memorizing and that was gained just one verse a week I don't know a single person who can't memorize one verse a week Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying. This is it is it's so very attainable. helpful.
1: That's very, very yeah. helpful because often when we see someone, especially who can repeat, you know, a whole book or verses and mm-hmm. verses, it overwhelms us. And but you're yeah. saying memorize a little every week, and that adds up yeah. in the in the end, and That's it certainly right. has for your children. Let's yeah. go back to our topic of the church which certainly scripture memorization is part of that conversation. But what are some of the themes you'll be covering in um, the gather session?
2: Absolutely. So we are going to delve into what it means for the church to walk in the Holy Spirit. And we are going to understand together how the Spirit is working in his church and what he desires to accomplish through us as we are called out for him and i cannot wait to show you in scripture how christ is building his church and how that has a direct implication on your your life because you have a role right a part to play that is special and unique within this body of christ it's really easy i go to a big church you guys go to a really big church. It's really easy to feel like you're one in a million. It's uh, really feel rather insignificant um, sometimes. And I want us to see together that you are packed full of utter significance, and that God has a purpose for you within the body of Christ. That if you do not fulfill it, the whole body will hurt for it. You know, Scripture says that He's prepared. Good works for us to walk in, right, beforehand. And it's so true. And if we don't learn to walk out our God-given role and our giftedness within the church, the church literally hurts for it. We learned that in Corinthians. We are not all called to the same thing. We're not all made passionate about the same thing. But the Spirit, if we kneel to Him and choose to not grieve Him, is going to do something through the body of Christ in this world that we could not Believe, and I can't wait to unpack the text that we're going to be exploring um, together. But certainly, we're going to tether ourselves to this idea of what does it look like when the Spirit of Jesus builds His church.
1: Beautiful! Oh, that gives us a lot of wonderful anticipation to look yes. forward to, hear more about that. And I guess as we conclude here, what is something you've learned about the church that has impacted you the most?
2: Absolutely. Um, There are, again, so many things that I could say, but I'm going to reference something I mentioned earlier, and that it is that the church's family, uh, if I'm just being honest, it has had the deepest impact. So when you don't grow up in a home that is a Christian home, you are starved for spiritual mothers, you know, and I have been given spiritual mothers again and again and again in every season of life. And I know that the Lord in his kindness did that for me because it was a a deep need and I needed that shaping. Um, But the impact of discipleship, we could put it in those terms, the impact of spiritual mother has been huge in my life, I would not be who I am literally without it. And I, I bet many of you could say the same. When when the church functions the way that it goes to, we're always pouring into another generation. We're always compelling them to walk with Christ, always teaching them what it looks like. And we flounder and fall and stumble in so many ways that a Christ follower repents gets back up and walks on with Jesus. And when a mentor, a spiritual mother, begins to pour that into the next generation, huge impact. And the same is true for men pouring into men, right, in the context of the church as a whole. Uh, But that has impacted my personal life tremendously, tremendously. Again, it's why I started memorizing passages of Scripture it's why my marriage looks the way that it does today. It's why um, I keep dating my husband because I had, again, faithful mentors at Debbie and Bi who poured into Chris and I when we were newlyweds and taught us what it looked like. I think. I think it's easy to forget that you can impact one life, and the ripple effect of that is immeasurable. That. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. so that's right right been a, out
1: of Titus too. you know. Yeah.
0: That's Women, been a huge... You know,
1: yes, yes, we are to be doing that for one another within the church.
0: Yeah, yeah and I love that. What, what you said too, of kind of what we lack or maybe what we need, the spirit mm-hmm. uses the body of Christ to pick up those lacks of like, Hey, right. I need a spiritual mother. Here's someone in the body of Christ who can mother me. Like I'm right. not good at this, but somebody in the body of Christ, like the, the, the Holy Spirit will align them up to help me in this way. And so we do need each other. And I love how that that you brought that up and just the relational nature of the church is just so important. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. This makes me just like so fired up for gather. I'm so glad you're coming.
2: Um,
0: I know that I, I I, I want to pick your brain so much on all this, but I know we have to save some content for gather too. (laughs) So I'm like, we just wanted this to be a teaser, but, um, Thank you, Regina, just for your faithfulness to the word, for how you push us to Christ too. And um, if it's okay with you, I love to just pray to close us.
2: Absolutely, Delaney.
0: Lord, I thank you for this sweet sister who you have called to proclaim your name and preach your gospel boldly. I pray that you would help her in these months as she is preparing for gather that you would give her the words that you would speak through her. Um, and that you would give her a fresh fire and fresh love for the church, Lord, Mm -hmm. as she's preparing. I pray for these sisters who are listening who um, maybe they've had a negative experience with the church or maybe they have some big misconceptions about how the church, because of pain, Lord, I pray that you would um, heal their heart and that you would reveal to them that your intention for the church is good. It is a good gift and um, that you would just already start that process of healing in their heart lord and we pray god that you would draw women together Mm -hmm. we know that we need to be together as women to push each other on and so we pray for the sister who is listening lord would she just feel um, a need and a tug at her heart to come to this conference lord to fall more in love with you that's, that's the ultimate reason that we're doing this, Lord. And so we just ask that you would do that in us, that you would do that in the sisters who are listening. In your name, we pray.
1: Amen. Amen. Yes, thank amen. you so much, Gina. We appreciate your Regina. We appreciate your time today. We appreciate yeah. your message, and I appreciate the fire in your belly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you've got the Jeremiah That's syndrome, dear. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Yeah, such joy to be
0: with y'all. Nice yes, to thank have you, you for coming, and thank you, sisters, for listening. Join us in two Mondays on She Is Becoming.